Welcome entrepreneurs and startups to Art of the Kickstart, the podcast that every entrepreneur needs to listen to before you launch. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president and founder of Inventus Partners, the world's only turnkey product launch company that has helped over 2,000 innovations successfully raise over $400 million in capital since 2010. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level. This show would not be possible without our main sponsor, Product Hype a 300,000 member crowdfunding media site and newsletter that's generated millions of dollars in sales for over a thousand top tier projects since 2017. Check out producthype.co to subscribe to the weekly newsletter. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm super stoked to be speaking with the co-founders of NoSu, Mr. Ryan Wolf and Aaron Caton. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks for having us, Roy. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Yeah, well, it's awesome of the product that you guys have created. So really excited to kind of dive in. You guys have an active Kickstarter campaign, uh, less than three weeks left on it. You've got over 500 backers and over 45 grand raised on it. So congrats on that, as well as getting fully funded on day one, which is always critical. But really want to dive in and talk about the product, you know, as if our audience had never heard it before. Yeah, man, this product is unique and it solved a, a really a problem that we kind of faced uh, every day. And it's basically a vacuum sealed uh, tumbler with built-in stainless steel cutlery. So everywhere you go, you got a knife, fork, and spoon built right into your water bottle everywhere you go. You know, I was amazed with some of the stats that you guys had in the video, and it's just compounding in terms of how much we humans waste, right? Like 40 billion single-use plastic utensils are thrown out every year. And then add on to the fact of that 22 billion plastic water bottles on top of that every year. So it's like tens of millions of plastic pieces are just being tossed aside, uh, you know, and hopefully recycled at the end of the day, but it's still finding its way to landfill. So I definitely get the the problem that you guys are trying to solve there. But what, how did you guys decide on tackling it in this particular way with NOSU? Well, you know, the worst part about all that is that 30% of that stuff ends up outside of the landfill and it doesn't even make it to a recycling facility or the landfill itself, it ends up in the water. So for us, you know, we spent our entire lives around the water. We were both in uh, action sports and wakeboarding. And we traveled around the world and we could see firsthand the damage that this was doing. And we also had a background in marketing because we were both content creators. Ryan is a, a videographer and I'm a photographer by trade. So we worked for big brands and we worked on big marketing campaigns and we always had the kind of desire to do that for ourselves, for our own company. So we had been brainstorming for ages, trying to come up with products. And we, we knocked around a couple ideas over the past decade or so. And when we came upon this, the idea for this, we were, we were talking about building a company that sold sustainable products that replaced single-use plastics. And our idea in the beginning was to basically white label some travel cutlery. And Ryan brought this home to his wife and said to her, honey, I'm about to buy a thousand pieces of this travel cutlery and we're going to sell it on Amazon. And she's like, why are you going to do that? You're not going to use it. And he's like, yeah, I'm a pretty responsible guy. I, you know, I think I'll take it with you. And she's like, well, you have your tumbler with you every day. 
if you figure out a way to attach it to that, you'll definitely have it with you every day. And Ryan immediately picked up the phone and called me. And we were both like, well, let's do a patent search. We did a patent search and there was nothing close to it. So we, since then, that was about three years ago. And we've been full steam ahead since then. Yeah, it's really impressive. I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised that there hasn't been a product like this. But obviously, I think there's a massive amount of attention now towards this economy of scale where these products are so critical to the future uh, of our planet as we're just seeing more and more evidence come out of the effects of what we're doing to it, right? So really inspirational of what you guys have been doing. So when, after your action sports careers, did you guys know that you wanted to take this entrepreneurial path? Yeah, I mean, we so we we started a long time ago, man. We uh, Aaron and I used to run a mobile marketing tour. We had a 40-foot tour bus and, and towed a boat around the, uh, the country doing wakeboard lessons at all the major dealers. And we parlayed that into a Christmas light business that we used to run. Um, it, it Basically, our summers were jam-packed and our winters were, were dead. So we started a Christmas light hanging company to keep us busy in the wintertime. So we've always had that entrepreneur uh, bug inside of us. And launching a, a brand and our own product has always been a dream of ours. And, and we knew we wanted to be in the eco friendly space. And, and that's kind of where we really kind of spearheaded this project uh, out of, you know, so that's kind of where it all kind of came about. And just like anything, it's, uh, you know, a bunch of ideas that we were bouncing around in our heads and talking back and forth. And then finally, two of them really came together and we thought was a, a truly viable business. So I know when you guys were creating Nosu, this began over three years ago, right? So how many different prototypes or iterations or feedback sessions did you guys go through to decide on what features to include in this product and in the final design that's active on Kickstarter now? Man, I, I mean, just countless, <laughs> countless uh, iterations and, and testing and ideas. And we found a local engineering firm called Design Launchers here in Orlando, and we knew we wanted to work with someone local because we just wanted that, you know, accessibility to sit down at a table and just hash, you know, everything out. And and these guys have been great. And Aaron and I have, have gotten into the, the 3D printing uh, realm. So we, we bought multiple printers that we can just kind of iterate on the fly. And, um, and yeah, man, it's been just numerous prototypes and, and going back and forth and back to the drawing board and testing this and testing that. And there, and you don't realize it, but there's a number of sub assemblies to this product and there's a lot of, a lot of pieces. So, you know, each one of those sub assemblies have been redesigned a number of times. And every time you redesign one of those sub assemblies, it, it starts to affect the other parts of the, uh, of, of the tumbler itself. So, you know, each, each one of those assemblies has had many iterations. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously constant learnings along the way, but what were some of those big challenges that you guys encountered specifically when designing the product? Because you guys are packing a whole lot into this single use bottle. Yeah. You know, the, the size itself was really difficult, but you know, the first 3D printed model we got in our hands and we started handing it to our friends and family, we realized that the first thing they do is flip it upside down. And so we had to completely rethink the lid and go, if we're going to have something that comes out of the bottom, we have to have a, a spill-proof lid. So we had to completely redesign the lid. And, you know, literally the first time we got a sample product in our hand. How many patents have you guys ended up filing for this product? Yeah, there's been uh, three patents filed on this. Three patents issued and one pending on the on the lid. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. yeah so thank let, you. 
Let's talk a little bit about bringing this product to market. What was your first introduction to crowdfunding? I'm, I bought a number of things through crowdfunding. And uh, one of them is a, a belt I have called, a, a, I think it's Core Labs. And I did their Kickstarter and it took, you know, it took a really long time to get it. But it's honestly one of my favorite products. I give it to people for Christmas and I give it to my friends as, as gifts because I found this product that's just such a great product. And I was you know, able to help them launch their brand. And when we were starting this, we, we went back and forth on whether we should do a Kickstarter a number of times. And I think just the idea that is a worldwide platform and we could generate a large amount of sales before we actually went to into manufacturing. So, you know, it would pay for our first run of manufacturing. And number two, we would actually know how much of each color we would have to manufacture um, before we ordered them. So there was, there was a lot of benefits um, to us. You know, there, there were some cons, but I, we felt like they were all overcome by the benefits. So in terms of, uh, you know, colors, for, for instance, have they aligned with your expectations of what backers would select most? Well, they still haven't selected them yet. So that, that's the tricky okay. part. Yeah. So it, we're still waiting to send out those, uh, the surveys for people to pick out their colors. But one of the things that we did do was offered our original four colors. If you bought all four of them, we gave you a, a, a limited edition uh, seafoam color with that for free. Very nice. So let's talk about the prep work. I mean, obviously, you know, leading up to a product launch, there's a lot of work that gets done beforehand. What were some of the things that you guys did to put your campaign in such a great position to be able to fund on day one? Yeah, I mean, that just was Aaron and I getting out there building content and trying to get as much uh, content as we possibly could, working hard on that, uh, on our Kickstarter campaign video. We went out to San Diego to shoot that and, and my wife actually, you know, put a, a lot of hours into to helping script that video. And, and yeah, just all, all the prep work and getting all the all the assets together. And we did a lot of our due diligence, uh, talking to several uh, agencies that work in crowdfunding. We ultimately landed on Inventus because we thought you guys were the best fit for us. And it's been a fantastic working with you guys. And it really is eye opening to us how much work and prep I mean, it takes a legitimate team to launch a Kickstarter campaign and do it right. And, and that's one of the things that Aaron and I said to each other in the beginning, like, if we're going to do this, like we got to do this the right way and, and be as, as legitimate as we possibly can. And, and we, I think that we've uh, dotted all our I's and crossed all our T's and, and, and doing that. And uh, so it's been a great experience so far. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the misconceptions. A lot of times we hear from founders in terms of the uh, if you build it, they will come scenario where they just think that if they launch this product out to Kickstarter, Kickstarter is going to do all the work for them. But uh, as you guys know, countless hundreds of hours and tasks and marketing initiatives go into these things. So really interested to know, since you did vet you know other agencies or partners to work with, what were some of those big considerations that you guys looked at in terms of choosing an agency to partner with? Um, you know, yeah, past campaigns and, and, and looking at, uh, what you guys have done. And, and, and I just love everything that Inventus, you know, is a, is a full 360 platform, you know, and everything that you guys do, you just really kind of made us feel comfortable going with Inventus because I felt like you guys covered all angles of this aspect, you know, not, not only that, Roy, like we've done campaigns in the past on our own too. So. For us going into this, it, it was a real debate. Do we do this on our own or do we 
do we partner with uh, another agency? And when we did, we realized, you know, how unprepared we would have been because there's just so many th- uh, unknowns going into it, something like this. Yeah, no, there, there definitely are. I mean, what's been great with your campaign is the fact that you've brought in about 25% of your backers have been brand new folks to Kickstarter, right? Which is great for the lifeblood of new innovation and new startup founders that are out there trying to raise capital and being able to get over that hurdle as a first-time backer to be finally pushed to, to consume this product and back and support this company with what you guys have created just because of the overall mission and what you guys are putting out there. So it's, it's great to see. It's very cool. It's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the manufacturing side. I know this is usually a spot where a lot of folks get hung up in terms of bringing their idea to market and just the amount of information or factories or different resources out there. How did you guys end up go about finding your manufacturer and any tips for, you know, some of the, the early founders or startup guys and girls that are out there thinking about bringing their physical product to market? We, we got really lucky. And, we're lucky to have a very big network of friends and uh, business associates that we've made throughout the years. And we've been telling our, uh, our friends and family about this for a very long time. And one of our closest friends, Marco, we were telling him like, hey, you know, what should we do about this manufacturing thing? And he's like, oh, you got to talk to my buddy, John. So we basically connected with this guy, John Ross in China, who is a manufacturing consultant. And uh, it just so happened that I was, my father was living in Hong Kong at the time. So we'd gone over uh, to celebrate Marco's birthday and we ended up getting a meeting with him in Hong Kong. And he was the perfect fit. And he's an American guy who's been living over there for 20 years. And he basically has set up our entire supply chain. So we got really lucky. And it's, it's a difficult question for us to answer to any other entrepreneurs because I guess utilize your network is the best best uh, way to answer that because that's how we leveraged our network is to kind of make all these connections. And it's been very serendipitous when you look back on it, but yeah, it's, that's a tough question. Yeah, no, I get that. So let's, let's do a little reflection time then. What, uh, what, if anything, would you guys do differently if you were starting this whole project or this whole launch over again? That's a, that's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a lot, uh, you know, probably some stuff that it, just the speed at which it, takes like it, it we thought we were gonna have a product out in six months and it's been three years you know uh, and i don't know how we would do that yeah <laughs> I, I think we kind of uh i think we kind of bounced around a little bit on these prototypes too i think we we uh, you know in the beginning roy i think we tried to kind of speed up the process and, and we might have jumped a corner here or there and then it came back to us and mm-hmm. it was like hey this is you got it. This is a this is a process that you really have to follow step by step to get it exactly right, you know. And and that's one of the things that we really had to we had to kind of be patient, you know, and um and really sit back because we were very eager to try to get this thing, you know, manufactured and get it to market. And and we really kind of got you know had to, had a couple setbacks. We're like, all right, we got to really kind of trust this process, trust mm-hmm. these guys, and really kind of take a step back and really. Um, tease out, you know, this iteration process to make sure it's right. I can only imagine. So what I'm really interested on this is where are you guys headed next? Where do you see other opportunities with this no single use product line that you guys are going to be building out? Uh, that, and that's the beauty of our brand is that our brand is no single use, no single. So 
we kind of have this ethos. If, if anything, and, and our tagline is effortless sustainability. We, we thought in the beginning, how do we tackle this, this process? How do, how do we tackle this problem? And we thought, you know, people use plastic cutlery because it's very convenient. It's very easy to use. It's very prevalent. You pick it up, you use it once and you throw it away. I mean, what's the, there's so much convenience there. So we figured if we were going to have people change their habits, we had to make something very convenient and easy for people to use. And people are, most people are already in the habit of using their vacuum seal tumblers. So combining that with something else, you know, you're tackling two birds with one stone and you're making it effortless for them to not use those things. So our, our whole idea is to create an ecosystem of products that when you leave your house, you really can minimize that single-use waste every day. So we want to build bags and food containers and coffee cups and you know anything that we can do that can eliminate those single-use plastics or those single-use items and eliminate waste and reduce waste because it's a huge problem and there's not one thing that's going to fix it. It's going to have to be a confluence of things. It's going to have to be a little bit of progress at a time. And, you know, this is our first offering. So we hope people use this. We hope people enjoy using this and we hope it really does eliminate plastic waste and we hope people enjoy using it. No, I'm sure they will. And I definitely can see people obviously using this more than once, which is the whole idea around it because we need to break free of uh, these habits that we have, especially and protect our planet a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing how many situations you find yourself in Roy, where you're like, man, I, I could really use a fork or a knife right now if I just had my own <laughs> fork or knife. I mean, we find ourselves, you know, as when we started this, we found ourselves in so many situations. We're like, wow, like if we had our nose to right now, this would be the perfect, perfect. situation for it, right? And it and it happens all the time. So um, so we're really excited to get this in people's hands and and let them let them see just how convenient and effortless this product really is. Nice. Well, Ryan and Aaron, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire some questions at you both. You ready to go? Let's go. Let's do this. So uh, what inspired you both to become entrepreneurs? Yeah, uh, for me, my, my dad inspired me uh, to be an entrepreneur. Watching my dad create you know, products in the racing industry when I was a young kid and watching his sheer determination and perseverance to get these products across the finish line was super inspiring. So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to share a meal with? Uh, I've got two for that. I, I think either Edward Land, who was you know, a very famous entrepreneur, started uh, Polaroid, or Carl Sagan, who's not a traditional um, entrepreneur, but he was such a visionary and he did so many different things. He won a Pulitzer, he wrote uh, books and had movies made, and he was an astronomer and an astrobiologist and all sorts of cool things. I think either of them would be a pretty interesting conversation over dinner. Absolutely. So on speaking of books, any books you'd recommend to our entrepreneurial listeners? We, we've got a lot, I think. I, I think I'll, I'll just go down a list here, some stuff that has inspired us. So uh, Loon Shots is fantastic for any uh, entrepreneurs. Um, Creativity Inc. is an amazing book when it comes to uh, thinking about how to work creatively with teams. And Originals by Adam Grant is a fantastic book for uh, entrepreneurs that are starting out. Absolutely. So speaking of advice then for entrepreneurs, what advice would you give to a new entrepreneur or a new inventor who's looking to launch their product? Uh, I, I would say don't take no for an answer. And, uh, you know, you got to just keep that focus and keep that determination and, and enjoy the ride along the way. 
Absolutely. So what do you think would be the top three skills every entrepreneur needs to be successful? I, I would definitely say determination, uh, focus, and self-awareness. Solid. All right, gentlemen, the big question. And since you guys have worked on multiple campaigns and are finally launching your own innovation out there, very interested to hear uh, when you look into the crystal ball, what does the future of crowdfunding look like? Um, I, I mean, I honestly think the future of crowdfunding is is huge. I mean, the the the, the backer uh, community is just amazing. It's growing every day. It's such an amazing platform to launch a product and get all sorts of data on your product and testing the market before you have to make that huge leap into manufacturing. And I think that getting all those uh, analytics and stuff prior to doing that is just uh, priceless. And, and I'll add on to that. I really think it gives uh, the little guy a leg up on the competition. You know, it's very difficult to come to market with a, a brand new product and it's hard to compete with uh, the big players in, in any industry. And this really gives people the ability to bring product to market without having to raise a ton of money. And it can be your first part. It can be your first product or it can be your 10th product. And it's still a, a, a viable platform. Absolutely. Well, Ryan and Aaron, this has been amazing. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go and why they should check you out. Yeah. Um, we're no Uh, we're short for no single use. We built a vacuum sealed water bottle with built in stainless steel cutlery. And we want to make, you know, your everyday life on the go, just a little bit more sustainable and make it effortless for you to do that. Check us out at livenosu.com. Check out our Kickstarter and uh, come join our mission to help uh, tackle the single use plastic crisis. Boom. Audience, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign over on Kickstarter and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Ryan, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thanks, right Roy. On. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another amazing episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, show us some love by giving us a great rating on your favorite listening station. And of course, make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the previous episodes. And if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Make sure to send me an email to info at artofthekickstart.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.